We are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Boy. I tell you what. That was one incredible, incredible baseball game last night. That was an incredible baseball game. Welcome in on this Friday, this free-for-all Friday. Two hours of I don't know what all. Between me, you, and Beaver, and all the rest of us here on the show today in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Tommy Tanks, Tommy White was the uh, hero last night for LSU. Hold him, Tigers. Hold him. Something, something, LSU. Yeah, it's the LSU fight song, whether you recognize it or not. That's what it is. So hats off to the LSU baseball Tigers. And and look here. Okay, let me just give you a little behind-the-curtain view here on the show. You know, there's lots of ways for you to be a part of it. You can text me or you can call me. And when you text me on the Country Please and text line, Country Please and Sausage all over the country in grocery stores, when you text the show in the Country Please and text line, I have a screen here where they all show up. And as they come in, I see a list. I see who it's from. And then there's a short preview of the text. And then I click on it to then bring up the full body of the text. Well, White Denzel has texted me. And I don't even have to click on the full view to know what he's going to say. Okay? Denzel. All right, let's do an experiment here. Y'all just have to trust me. But I haven't clicked it to open it yet. And White Denzel texts the show on the Country Pleasing text line at 885-3776. 601 number, 885-3776. A better way to remember it or an easy way to remember it is 885-ESPN. So he texts, and the preview says, forget Skeens and Tommy Tanks, dot, dot, dot. Uh Uh-huh. And see, that's all I can see. I guarantee you I'm going to click this and see that Denzel has said, forget Skeens and Tommy Tanks, Trey Morgan, the first baseman for LSU, won the game for him by fielding that squeeze bunt and getting it out at home. Now let's click on it and see if it's correct. And click. And I'm right. Great minds thinking alike here, Denzel. Now, word for word, his text says, forget Skeens and Tommy Tanks. LSU better build a statue of Trey Morgan without his play in the eighth inning, saving the run. LSU does not win that game, period. That's right. They won it in, what, the 11th, the 10th or 11th. But in the eighth inning, it's about to be easily one to nothing. (laughs) They had runners at, what, first and third, less than two outs. And they go squeeze play, bunting up the first baseline, and Trey Morgan read it the whole way. First baseman comes flying downhill and feels the bunt. Short arm flips it to the catcher where he can tag the guy just in time before he touches the plate. It is an out. It kept Wake Forest off the board. Otherwise, Wake Forest wins that game about one to nothing. Now, we're going transitive property there, and I know it. And I will say this, Denzel. I said it 
it's like the last few games you watch it, and there's LSU has a little magic going on right now, right? And the teams that do go win the whole thing, they get that magic factor going on. You can't quantify it or qualify it. Yeah. But uh, they got a little magic going on. So, you know, maybe if Wake Forest goes ahead there in the eighth inning, maybe LSU still comes back, wins it in the bottom of the ninth or something like that. We'll never know. Because of Trey Morgan's play, it preserved the shutout, and LSU was able to go on and win it. I mean, but that's the thing about it. It's all you, – you win a game like that, you score your first two runs and walk it off in the 11th inning to break a scoreless tie. You know, the pitching performances on both sides were just phenomenal. And kind of goes without saying with schemes, but the guys for Wake Forest, too, they're phenomenal. Some of the defensive plays, obviously the one we're talking about there, and uh, and Tommy White, the big swing there. You could feel it coming, couldn't you? You could just feel it coming in that situation. Great minds thinking alike, though. Denzel, thanks for the text. Real unnamed texture says, Epic pitching duel last night. And Tim texts the show. Says, All-American Tommy White won that game. Zip, zip, bottom of the 11th. I'd say Tommy won that game. That's from Tim. But again, you know, the play that Trey Morgan made in the 8th, again, all things being the same, Wake Forest wins that ball game with a run right there. Because given where it was, the eighth, you look at what the way that kid was pitching for Wake Forest in relief in the eighth and the ninth. I, I mean, they're not scoring on that kid, are they? So, it the the reason that they scored is because they had to they went pitching change right, and his pitch count went up because they got it all the way into the eleventh. It doesn't get to the eleventh most likely if Trey Morgan doesn't make that play in the eighth inning. Hmm. Anyhow, just, just one way to, to look at it. And then Bentonia Bulldog texts the show and said, let's give credit to the Tigers' bullpen. Absolutely. All right, let me give you the numbers in that pitching duel last night. Listen to some of this stuff. Of course, if you watch the game, I mean, you, you know all this. But sort of looking at the numbers on the stat line or another way to illustrate it, listen to this. I mean, good heavens. Skeens in that start after throwing 123 pitches on Saturday, comes back last night on Thursday night, throws 120 pitches, and 82 of those were strikes. I mean, listen to that ratio. Y'all hear that? Skeens throws 120 pitches, and 82 of them were strikes. Eight innings, eight complete innings, Nine strikeouts, one walk, no runs on two hits. Gave up two hits, one of them was a double. Seven ground ball outs, nine fly outs. So, again, in eight complete, no runs on two hits, struck out nine while only walking one, and threw, what, what is the percentage right there? What is that, 70% of his pitches were strikes? 120 pitches and throws 82 strikes. Okay, he was 99, 100 miles an hour, the whole thing. And again, to illustrate just how good that guy is, he, he was throwing nothing but strikes. He's constantly in the strike zone with everything he threw. And he still gave up 
two hits across 28 batters. <laughs> Every pitch he's throwing is in the strike zone, and they know it. And he still strikes out nine of them. And then Hurd came in there and got the win because it was a scoreless game when Skeens left. And um, you know, he faced 11 batters and only struck out one of them. Got six fly ball outs. Incredible. Okay, and then you look at Louder, the st starter with the long hair for Wake Forest. He was incredible, too. He wasn't Skeens incredible, but close to it, and he was in the strike zone more than Skeens was. You think about how good Louder was and how off-balance he had him. He didn't get quite as many swings and misses, but he pitched one fewer inning than Skeens did. He goes seven complete innings, throws 88 pitches, and 63 of them were strikes. Faced 25 batters. No runs on three hits. Six strikeouts, two walks. Now, the three hits, two of the three hits were singles. Okay, faced 25 batters. So he had, a, in, in one fewer inning than Skeens, he had three fewer strikeouts, one more walk, and one more hit. But it, it was a single. But again, face for that guy for Wake Forest last night, for Louder on the mound for Wake Forest, their ace facing that LSU lineup faces 25 batters across seven innings and is throwing nothing but strikes, and they still couldn't hit it. He threw 88 pitches and 63 were strikes. Every LSU hitter went up there knowing it's a strike. Just, I mean, don't take. It's probably a strike. And they still couldn't put the barrel on it. Those two pitchers last night were incredible. And that big dude that came in later and threw two and two-thirds, he, he eventually got the loss, right, because the base runners were his, his responsibility. And it's like he threw 37 pitches, which he normally doesn't do. But he, he went two and two-thirds innings, faced ten batters, and struck out five of them. He just had the one hit that he gave up. And I guess, what, had the walk, too. So so there you go. I mean, he's responsible, but still, prior to that, he was so good. Uh, so, yeah, it was just an incredible pitching duel last night. And you felt like, I mean, LSU just got the magic, and they're going to figure out a way to, once they got it to extra innings and, and get a, you know, a couple of guys into their bullpen, you knew it was going to happen, and it did. And we get an all-SEC final. LSU versus Florida. Best of three, it will begin tomorrow. And so it'll be tomorrow and Sunday. And then again if, on Monday, if necessary, is uh, how all that's going to work. White Denzel texts the show. Country pleasing text line says, only question I have now is does Skeens get fast-tracked through the minors to the big leagues? Well, I mean, you would think, right? And everybody's going, you know what else? Denzel, everybody's going, okay, he throws 100 miles an hour. He's going out here and throwing 120 pitches an outing. <laughs> He's going to eventually run into arm trouble. Well, look, maybe he does, and maybe he fools us. But he just—he didn't even have to put nearly, um, you know, full effort. And he, he's not a, you know, he's throttling it back and throwing 99 miles an hour. He's not a full-effort guy out there. Hence, pitching seven, eight innings anytime he goes out, anytime he wants to. 
So, you know, does he get faster? I would think, you know, without any hiccups in terms of elbow trouble, he, he, he'd be out there. He's going to be pitching for somebody in the big leagues real soon. You know, and I think it was they quoted Stanford's head coach who, you know, has seen and watched a ton of college baseball over the years, obviously, and coached really good teams. I think they quoted him last night when they said, you know, who does he remind you of? And they said he's a cross between uh, Strasburg and Pryor. Mark Pryor, Steven Strasburg. And he is, right? He's six, what is he, six five, six six, or is he taller than that? Big old thick rascal, you know, power coming from his lower half as much as it is upper half. Super hard worker, very disciplined, great guy, great teammate, leader, and doesn't have to exert himself to throw 99 miles an hour. Everything moving all over the place. So, uh, heck of a comparison for sure. Unnamed texter. Okay, he. we have someone, unnamed texter, saying, uh, talking about schemes, were you listening to what Roger Clemens had to say about him being fast-tracked. You know what? I At one point I walked in and I did see that that Roger Clemens interview was going on, but I didn't catch all of it, so I, had, I didn't hear exactly what he said. But I'm taking it from your text that he must have said he was going to be fast-tracked through the minors, right? Get him on up there. David and Brandon says uh, LSU has LSU and Florida played each other this year. They have not. They did not play each other this year. Uh, so we don't have you know, any outcome to um, judge it by. Yeah, and look, uh, <laughs> I see you. That's probably a, a sound clip that I ought to have at some point already loaded onto the soundboard. I just didn't do it. <laughs> the, uh, the SEC chant uh, patches sent me a link to the uh, the SEC chant. SEC. I probably should have put that one on the soundboard at some point. Real unnamed texter says, Flamethrower Ben Joyce from Tennessee was called up recently. Spent less than a year in the minors. I was wondering the other day what happened to that guy. Unnamed? Who's he with? I'm going to look it up here. Don't, don't feel like you're obligated to text me to let me know which team he's... Uh, Plan for I, I'm t- I'm googling it on live radio. I'm googling googling it right now. Uh, the Angels, Anaheim. Is that who? Yeah, that's him. Ben Joyce. He's been called up. I said Anaheim. I meant the Los Angeles Angels. Look, Trout, Otani. Our boy Renfro and Wright and a kid throwing 100-plus fresh out of Tennessee (laughs) coming out of the bullpen. The Angels are worth the price of admission, aren't they? Okay. All right, so a follow-up here. Maybe it looks like I misjudged it. A follow-up from someone on the text line that said that Roger Clemens said they needed to let him start some games at each level to get used to that type of hitting. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? That makes sense. You know, and I guess, too, wouldn't you think it's, like we're sitting here talking about Ben Joyce, who's a 100-plus mile-an-hour guy as a reliever last year at Tennessee, 
drafted, spends less than a year in the minors, he's already up. But you're talking about a matchup right-handed guy or closer type guy who's going to try to go get three outs, right? I, I mean, I don't think he's long relief at 100 miles an hour, which is totally different in terms of getting used to that type of hitting versus what Roger Clemens is probably talking about with Paul Skeens in that, you know, he's a starting pitcher. He's going to be somebody starting, you know, he's going to be somebody's ace in the majors. So, you know, you're what, three times through the lineup? It's a whole different deal than going out trying to get three outs. So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And that's an experienced guy who knows all about it. Talking about, and it is true, right? Yeah, I even had that thought. You watch him some last night against Wake Forest hitters, and it's a really good college lineup. But, you know, at, at that level, it's a, it's a whole different kind of deal. So I guess he's just thinking, look, that sort of generational talent, there ain't no sense in hurrying it up until you know he's ready to go do it. Jason out in Flagstaff, Arizona, text the show, and he says, all SEC final again. It says something, I think. He says all the stuff about SEC teams hosting earlier, I'm not sure there's a debate that it's the best league by far. And he says it's a shame that others don't invest in baseball, especially out here, talking about out west, with historical powerhouses just falling off the map. Like, what? Yeah, Arizona State, uh, you know, some of those schools. Um, yeah, I think the thing that I saw on Twitter today was that this will mean you're going to have uh, an SEC team is going to be a nat- your national champion for the fourth straight year, and it will be four different teams. So, am I right? Vandy, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and now it'll either be LSU or Florida. <laughs> so, the fourth straight year, you'll have an SEC national champion in four different ones in four straight years. If you, if you don't think that speaks to the depth of the conference, then then I don't know what does. And... Uh, you know, you could look at certain certain non-conference deals and records and things and, and back that up. And then, of course, RPI. and Like you said, the committee doing what they did in terms of teams hosting and, and all that sort of stuff. Wake Forest just blowing through its competition all year long. And even winning a, uh, excuse me, that was a drink of coffee, by the way. And even winning a one-run game against LSU earlier in this College World Series only to come back and lose two straight to them. Yeah, it just shows you it is. And and look, okay, after last night's game, and how do y'all feel about this? I, I'm not, you know that I'm not a stir-the-pot radio guy. I, I'm not in that business. I don't intend to be. And so this is a, a show and a, and a text line and a phone line where we, we can feel free. And I know I violate this sometimes. I get it. But but this is a place where we can have differing opinions. We just don't have to agree. And we don't have to argue about it. So I'm wondering how you feel about it. Knowing that the transfer portal is a fact of life. It ain't going away. It's not going to change. You know, maybe something changes in terms of the rules, but I doubt it. It's hard to put the toothpaste back into the tube, so to speak. Skeens last night on the mound for LSU. Transfer. He was pitching at Air Force last year. Tommy White hit the game winner. He was playing at Florida State last year. Same thing for Wake Forest. You know, much of their guys were playing at different teams last year. And after the game, Jay Johnson quoted as, 
hey, if you're in the transfer portal, take a look at this. You transfer portal guys, we are the best place for you to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, go ahead and put the message out there. We are going to be transfer portal you here at LSU Baseball, at least according to their head coach. Well, how do you feel about that as a fan? Do we just go, well, part of life? Yeah, I, I think, you know, at first it was a little harder to stomach maybe than it is now. I'm starting to get used to it. I mean, I really am. But we are in the – it's like in Major League Baseball. We had to get used to it when we hit the free agency era, right, because of the the bargaining that the players were able to get done. And so players started changing teams a little more often. And we just got used to it. And it did change it for a lot of folks. And it was a reason that a lot of folks stopped following the game as closely. But, I, you know, just the way it is, some come, some go. And I think here we are in free agency in the SEC, and I say SEC not just across all college intentionally, because I think in the SEC you can see that the approach is we'll let the rest of college sports recruit high schools. In the SEC, we're just going to make a priority of recruiting the best college players off other college teams. That's what the rules allow, so that's what we're going to do. And... Here it is. It's where we are. Whether we like it or not. I'm, so I'm curious. How do you feel about it? I'd love to know some opinions on that. All right. Just getting started with you on this Friday. Stick around. It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Man Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. All right, back with you. Hey, talking about the SEC's run in the College World Series, White Denzel with an excellent point. Sorry to bring this up to... Our uh, Arkansas brethren. But uh, Denzel on the Country Pleasing text line says it would have been five in a row if Arkansas didn't drop that foul ball versus Oregon State. <laughs> Followed by, way to choke, hogs. <laughs> yeah. Now, and you know, I, I gave you the quote from uh, Jay Johnson who, who publicly in an interview, I think it was last night. Um, that's where I saw it was today. What? You know, after the win, and he says, "Hey, uh, to everybody in the transfer portal, you can see this is the place to come." Um, how do you feel about that? I mean, I said that it kind of looks like, not exclusively, but it does look like the uh, the uh, SEC approach is kind of going to be. Look, we. We will load the collective wagon, and I know there's a pun in there, and uh, we'll we'll recruit some high school kids, but we're also going to recruit the best players off everybody else's teams too. And right, wrong, indifferent. But but some of it is, in reality, I don't want to paint it as just a nefarious thing because it's not. I, a lot of it is. The exposure and the notoriety and the popularity 
of sports teams in the SEC is unrivaled. Um, especially as a league as a whole, especially in sports other than football. And, and maybe that's the point. Okay, therefore, if you're Paul Skeens and you, you know, you're the world's best pitcher and you're playing at Air Force and it's freezing cold all year long, why wouldn't you go show out in front of 14,000 fans at LSU for a year and play in the College World Series, right? Why wouldn't you go to Florida? And I know states had a couple of, you know, bad years, like Mississippi State the last two years had bad teams, okay? But if you're R.J. Yeager, why wouldn't you go play for state for one year and get yourself drafted highly? And Colton Ledbetter and raise your profile and, and play every week against pitching like LSU in Florida as opposed to what Sanford played every weekend, show out, raise your profile. Why wouldn't you do that? You go back to state's national championship team. You remember the second baseman who played a big role in State's team was their second baseman, Scotty DeBrew. You know, why wouldn't you transfer in there? So, yeah, the SEC on its behalf, like Jay Johnson, the coach at LSU, saying, hey, if you're in the portal, look, this is where you want to come. Making no bones about it, we're going to recruit people into and through the portal. But at the same time, understanding there's a lot of players out there that are going to recruit you. And that's just reality of it. It just is. So how do you feel about that? We're in the free agency era. You know, the SEC in particular is just not our quote-unquote college sports that we grew up with anymore. It's just not. Uh, Drug Dog texts the show, and he says, I don't care. I just want to win. So he just wants to win. He doesn't care if they recruit him out of high school or not. Gator Fan 3435 texts the show. Said the only reason Wake Forest won all those games they did was because they aren't in the SEC. Very good team for sure. Very, very good team. Would they have won as many as with an SEC schedule? No. Uh, Real Unnamed Texture says, I'm seeing mass exodus from the Alabama baseball team. Best players going to Florida. Rumor has it their best pitcher may be going to LSU. Well, yeah, and see, that's probably the other side of the whole <laughs> open transfer NIL situation, too, is in the SEC, yes, you are attractive to kind of as a league and individual schools in the league, you're, you're attractive, and especially in the non-football sports, to um, players all over the country in the transfer portal, but you're also attractive to each other, <laughs> right? And, and what I don't know is... You know, let's say if you could go into a private meeting room at the SEC spring meetings in Destin, and you might hear the commissioner talking with all the football coaches and the AD saying, guys, look, I know that we're not big on unwritten rules around here, but let's just be under the understanding that, you know, recruiting the portal wide open, we get it. It's a way of life. I'm not telling you not to do it. But what I, what I don't want to hear about is blatant tampering between each other. You know, Kirby Smart at Georgia, if you, I wouldn't be surprised if there are conversations about that inside the closed doors meetings among the SEC is, hey, look, you know, we are where we are in the SEC, and a lot of kids are going to recruit us, and we do what we have to do. And sometimes they're going to reach out to you. I'm not saying it's a closed 
open and close situation every time. Just let's don't get it to a situation where Kirby Smart, you you're out here around the transfer portal rules, tampering with players on other SEC teams. If they jump in a portal, they contact you or they tell their mama to call you. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying you wanna you wanna hit the portal hard and go find the best players out there and recruit that. Anybody can do what they want to do. We just don't need in this league SEC teams actively, constantly, year-round tampering behind the scenes with each other's players. We got it? Well, in the case of Alabama baseball, what? Coach got fired. With the whole, you know, the gambling thing. So, a bit of a different situation, right? So, you open that up. They can go where they want to anytime anyway. So, we still see some of that. We still do see some of the the portal jumping from one SEC school to another, we're still going to see some of it. I just, I don't know that it's, you know, like harshly discouraged at a league level, but I would imagine it is encouraged at all the schools, hey, you be responsible when it comes to kids on other teams in this league. That's what I would think. Jason and Flagstaff sent me that YouTube link to um, he said the transfer portal NIL reminds me of the opening scene of basketball I clicked on it I I don't know that I've ever watched that whole movie (laughs) I need to y'all can go watch that Patches said Matt baseball is a lot more adaptable to the portal than football, in my opinion, because he says success for a football team means that one person always relies on another doing their job. He said, I'm not saying that baseball isn't a team effort, but there isn't nine at the plate at one time. And that's, yeah, absolutely. There's a little more of an individual element to it. Yeah, and you're right. Sort of a universal, we, we you know, there are no air raids versus triple options in baseball. I mean, I know you got small ball, gorilla ball, but it, but it is a, l- a little different there for sure. A little more adaptable year in, year out. Uh, so just more of a – it does have a little bit more of an individual nature to it. J-Rock says it looks like everybody uh, is getting bit- busy in the transfer portal except for Chris Lamonis, but I'm going to be patient. That's from J-Rock. Tim said – and State took two out of three from LSU and Baton Rouge. Yeah, they did. You know, surprises like that do happen, it seems like, a lot, uh, you know, in the Southeastern Conference because everybody's got such good players. Uh, Kenny, don't call me Ken on the Country Please and Text Line. He said, thumbs down on the transfer portal and thumbs down on NIL. He said, thumbs up on the old MSU golf bag. <laughs> he was asking me for it yesterday. I'm telling you, you don't want that thing, man. <clears throat> there, there are better old golf bags out there. Now, Junior49 said, Matt, they're already doing that. And they, they are. I'm not saying they, they don't. Just like I said, it's not a black and white, open and closed case with who's doing what and what approach they take in the transfer portal. I'm just saying that I, I can almost guarantee you that there is an encouragement from the SEC level, from a conference level, of, hey, listen, stuff's going to happen. There, every 
situation with a kid and wanting to transfer from one SEC school to another. It's like snowflakes. They're all different. That you know, Family members get involved. Former coaches are the ones that reach out to you. All these different things. But let me just encourage everybody. We don't need to be the league that garners the reputation of our coaching staffs and administrators directly involved with constantly tampering with kids on other SEC teams. I, you know, is some of it going to happen? Yeah. There's no way to avoid it. Hogjowl texts the show. He says, we all knew it was just a matter of time student-athletes would start getting compensated for their time and performance. Hogjowl says, for years and years, universities have reaped millions of dollars directly because of the student-athletes. He says, I love the Razorbacks as much as ever, whether the athletes are around for a year or four years. The successful coaches will use a combination of NIL, transfer portal, and scholarships from high schools. He says, go Hawks. Yeah, it's all on the table for sure. It really is. And again, I, I go back to, I think the most curious thing about the whole setup as it is right now, Hog Jow, is that, no, you're right, no, but we're not surprised they're being compensated and that it eventually came around, became a legal issue. The thing that's peculiar now is, you know who is compensating, in your words, the players? It's you, Hogjow. It's not your school. It's not your Razorbacks. It's not your university. No, no, no. You and fans like you are the ones compensating those athletes. That's still peculiar to me. Stick around. From the amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. Back. Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau. All SEC final at the College World Series again. I think the first time it's happened. It's happened recently, in fact. It's going to be the fourth straight SEC team to win the College World Series. Four different ones, in fact. It'll either be LSU or Florida. Now, we talked a lot about LSU today. I didn't. I haven't even really mentioned Florida, but they're the ones in the driver's seat, right? Chomp, chomp. Where you at, Gator Greg? Every time I hear that, I think of Steve Spurrier and Danny Werfel. Yep, I do. I don't think about Billy Donovan. I don't think about Kevin O'Sullivan. I don't think about Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow. When I hear the Florida fight song, I think about Steve Spurrier. Shane Matthews, Fred Taylor, Eric Rett, Danny Werfel, Radell Anthony, Kevin Carter. That's right. Jack Jackson. Look at all of them. To me, that's Florida. Tell me I'm wrong. See, it also tells you what age I am, doesn't it? 
some of you youngsters are like, how can you think of Florida and Glory Days and the fight song without thinking about Tebow? I'm like, ah, man, I, I was fishing half the time he was playing. All right. Florida's in the driver's seat, right? How quickly are they going to turn Skeens around for LSU? Game one of the finals is tomorrow. He just threw 120 last night. So let's, here's the deal. If they get to Monday, if this goes to a game three, Skeens would come back, right? Because you'd have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days of rest. The deal is, though, he threw 120 pitches last night, four days removed from throwing 123 on Saturday night. I don't know. I'm just saying three full days of rest. He doesn't pitch on Saturday, Sunday. You get it to a game three. Skeens is on the mound on Monday. I, I feel pretty certain because it's for all the marbles, the whole thing. It's what you paid him all that money for, right? It's to pitch in a national championship game. All right, State Grad 98 texts the show, and he says, Why shouldn't Jay Johnson openly recruit the portal or potential portal players? The NCAA already showed there's no punishment for tampering. Well, I'll tell you, you got to really... Yeah, that's it, okay, and the portal is not tampering the portal is just where players put their names in right and once their name is in the portal then they can be contacted in certain windows they can then be contacted by schools who want to recruit them and outside of the transfer portal windows if the player's name is not in the portal then LSU and its representatives cannot reach out nobody can right it's not just LSU it's everybody you can't reach out to a player whose name's not in there right now those are the rules and, uh, you know, a lot of people play by them. But for those who do a little tampering, hey, man, we really need you. If you're interested, we're interested. Now, you got to put your name in the portal officially in order for us to start having, quote, unquote, official conversations. You know what I mean? Wink, wink. You got me? Okay. Well, I'm sure some of that goes on. I'm sure it does. And uh, you're right, state grad. There's already been a show that they're not going to really pop anybody. The NCAA just can't. They, the NCAA, as, a, as an enforcement body, at this point in time, is in limbo. They're up there. The NCAA president is up there on Capitol Hill in Washington asking senators and representatives and everybody in Washington to pass federal legislation that says, among other things, Hey, the NCAA can punish your schools, and you cannot sue them for it. Well, see, that's what the NCAA is asking for. But they don't have that. And see, State Grad 98, you say, I was referring to encouraging players to enter the portal. Well, right. Okay, because what have we read here in recent days and weeks? You have states in America, New York. Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, others who have passed a state law that says the NCAA cannot come up in this state and actually punish anybody for anything name, image, and likeness related. Well, it's a state law. What's the NCAA going to do about it? Nothing. Yeah, so they, they, they've just, we at this point in time, they are powerless in terms of being an enforcement body. You go, well, we, didn't we just yesterday read about some penalties that were handed down? Yeah, but they were handed down as a result of 
things that happened two and three and four years ago or beyond. So uh, more on that coming up. Now about the Alabama players who are jumping into Porter, their two best, their best pitcher, the best hitter. We've heard their hitters going to Florida, right? The other one's going to LSU or something somebody said. I don't know if that's official yet. Jason in Flagstaff said he calls him Alabubba. He says Alabubba hiring someone other than the interim coach who coached that team from barely 500 into a super regional seems like sabotage to me. He said, I imagine the players are PO'd. And I, you know, that may be the case. Tony texts the show. He's got a totally different take on the NIL. It's one I have not heard yet. Tony says, if they start spreading name, image, and likeness money to disc golf players, I'm in. <laughs> I bet. <clears throat> and after yesterday's ruling by the NCAA something another panel, Les Miles is back in the news, a former LSU coach. Les Miles' Hall of Fame eligibility may be in jeopardy because of that ruling yesterday. How about that? Former LSU coach Les Miles may no longer be eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame, may no longer be eligible, after the school vacated 37 wins as a part of NCAA penalties announced Thursday. By the way, somebody put out a graphic. The most vacated wins of all time added up, accumulated over time. The top three are all SEC schools. I think one was LSU, two is Ole Miss, and like three is Alabama, I think. LSU football vacated the wins from 2012, 13, 14, and 15 because of recruiting violations stemming from impermissible benefits paid to the father of former player Vidal Alexander by a booster. Uh, <clears throat> school self-imposed the penalty, which was revealed for the first time yesterday after they got a notice of allegations in 2022. Miles, who coached from LSU, for LSU uh, in 2005 to 2016, he went 114 and 34. So his overall coaching record at Oklahoma State, LSU and Kansas combined, had him at a winning percentage of 665, 0. .665 or 66.5% winning percentage. Coaches have to have a career-winning percentage of 600.600 in at least 100 games to qualify for selection into the College Football Hall of Fame. Well, following those vacated wins yesterday, Les Miles' career-winning percentage dropped to .597. Now, if you round it up, he would qualify. But if you go exactly by the percentage, 0.597, he does not meet the threshold of 600. He's no longer coaching, by the way. He left Kansas in March of 2021. He was placed on administrative leave, accusations of improper behavior toward a female student, and all that stuff while he was at LSU, the whole thing. So... There you go. For, that's, file that under for whatever it's worth. 
File that under for whatever it's worth. Now, I have said in the past, vacating wins, this just shows you the mindset of people involved in the NCAA. They are so high-minded. Like, they, these people think so highly of themselves. Some coaches, you know, a lot of some ADs and higher-ups, but, I mean, collectively, they, they think so highly of themselves that they have really thought over the years that people really believed vacating wins was a penalty. The only person it really penalized most of the time was the poor intern in the sports information office who had to go in and change the media guide before next summer. Nobody else cared. But in this case, it may keep less miles out of the College Football Hall of Fame for whatever it's worth. That's hour one on this Friday. It's in the books. And hour two coming up. Stick around.